I'm Sayla Gatitis. And I'm Kelly Gatitis. And we want to welcome you to Behind the Veil podcast. Lord, we thank you for this time that we can come together and hear your word and hear wisdom on um, different topics. We thank you for your Holy Spirit guiding our speech and just being with us and to those that are listening, just to open our hearts to receive what you want to say and just invade our, our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we are still in our purity series for the podcast, and today we're going to be talking about physical purity. Um, so just a recap, purity is freedom from cant- uh, contamination. There are two kinds of purity, the innocent or clean type, and you can think of that as a white cloth that has never been dirty or contaminated. And then the second kind of purity is the washed kind, something that was dirty, but it's been washed and it's been cleansed. So to start out, I want to start off with our main Bible verse for this whole thing, and then we can go ahead and dive in. 2 Corinthians uh, 5.17 in the Passion Translation says, Now if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. So, my mom is on here with us. Um, and um, we'll start with the first question. Um, what do you think about when you hear the words physical purity? All right, well, um, so you mentioned the types of purity. Um, some are where you're, you've never been dirty or contaminated. And then the other one was something that's been washed. So when I think of physical purity, I think of the same thing. So you have a physical body that's either never been dirty or contaminated, or it was dirty and been washed or cleaned. So um, I would say anything that is related to the physical body from head to toe. um, I believe you've talked about other types of purity, like spiritual purity, emotional purity, things like that. But physical would be definitely related just to the physical body however i do think they are very much connected um those different types of purity Hmm. i think when i think about physical purity i feel like the first thing that comes to my mind is like abstaining from like sexual relations Mm -hmm. like that's just the immediate thing that my mind goes to um but i know like physical purity is a lot more layered than that like it's not just giving your body away to someone before marriage whether that be in the form of sex or kissing um or otherwise but also I think at least from what I've learned um is that physical purity is giving your life and surrender and your body and surrender to God and giving glory through your body um, Mm -hmm. to God. And that could look like, um, taking care of yourself with what you eat, working out, Mm -hmm. um, making sure that you're not hurting yourself in any way or demeaning yourself even. Um, so those are some of the things that I think about with physical purity. Um, but of course, like we can like go back and forth and just talk about what we think is physical purity. Um, but let's look at what physical purity is according to the Bible. So, of course, the Bible has a lot to say about our bodies and just how they are temples and vessels for the Lord and that he created us um, in his image. Um, But there's a lot to say in like Psalms and Proverbs, a lot about in Proverbs. Um, But 
the passage that we're going to look at is in 1 Corinthians 6, 12 through 20. It says, it's true that our freedom allows us to do anything. That doesn't mean that everything we do is good for us. I'm free to do as I choose, but I choose to never be enslaved to anything. Some have said, I eat to live and I live to eat, but God will do away with it all. The body was not created for illicit sex, but to serve and worship our Lord Jesus, who can fill the body with himself. Now the God who raised up our Lord from the grave will awaken and raise us up through his mighty power. Don't you know that your bodies belong to Christ as his body parts? Mm -hmm. Should one presume to take the members of Christ's body and make them into members of a harlot? Absolutely not. Aren't you aware of the fact that when anyone sleeps with a prostitute, he becomes a part of her and she becomes a part of him? For it has been declared the two become a single body, but the one who joins himself to the Lord is mingled into one spirit with him. This is why you must keep running away from sexual immorality. For every other sin a person commits is external to the body, but immorality involves sinning against your own body. Mm. Have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the spirit of holiness who lives in you? You don't belong to yourself any longer. For the gift of God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside your sanctuary. You are God's expensive purchase, paid for with tears of blood. So by all means then, use your body to bring glory to God. There's another, um, yeah, we could just unpack all that. Um, and actually, let's take a moment to unpack some of that. Um, of course, we're going to talk about it a lot more in depth in just a second. But, um, Mom, what do you think about that when you hear that? Like, there's a lot in there. Um, it talks about boundaries and eating and um, sex before marriage. He talks about um, sexual immorality, sinning against yourself, and how our bodies are temples for the God, uh, for God and to bring our, um, to bring God glory through our bodies. Yeah, I think, um, initially we always think immediately sexual purity, but he, when he says, I live, eat to live and I live to eat, like we, a lot of people don't look at that part. Food is good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we kind of brush that one off. "Ah, It's all, it's all, it's all good, you know, but, um, I think sexual purity is the thing that does stand out. Um, because it says that um, every other sin is external to the body, but immorality involves sinning against your own body. And so that one's definitely one that is important um, to to understand and, fo- and focus on in our lives because it's very, it's just a very prominent issue in today's society in, in many different ways because um, our society worships sex and it worships, you know, just all of those types of things and makes those things so normal. You watch TV and you're going to see people living together and, you know, yeah. just leaving, leaving these various types of lifestyles. Yeah, so we're taught that that's normal. Yeah, we're, we're, yes, we're taught and even shown that that's just normal. Like, you're supposed to do it this way. And, um, but I just love that it says, you know, if you're a believer, you don't belong to yourself any longer. Um, because now you have the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you as a temple, um, because we're uh, his purchase. He, you know, paid, um, for us with his blood, his tears. And so now we are, we are the house of God. And so now he's saying, Hey, you are a house of God now. So now use your body to bring glory to God, just like we should do with everything else. Um, we should that's our purpose is to give glory to God. So it includes our body, uh, the things that we eat, how we treat our bodies, what we do with our bodies, where our bodies go, what we ingest into our bodies, who we share our bodies with. 
Mm. I like that um, Paul said to keep running away from sexual immorality, mm. that it's something that you have to constantly fight. Yeah. Um, like with lustful thoughts or even like going beyond that into like pornography mm. or um, wanting to get all lovey-dovey with your like other person, your girlfriend, boyfriend. Um, but I like that he says you have to keep running away from that daily, um, like how Joseph mm. did in Genesis. Um, but I also really like that he said it's Jesus who can fill us. Like we weren't created to, like, like an- if you think about it, animals, um, they, like, their one of their main goals is to have babies, to have babies, have babies, have babies. But God didn't call us to be animals. He gave us his spirit and he made us in his image. And so we're supposed to be different and set apart um, and to kill our animalistic behaviors of the flesh. And that Jesus created us to fill fill us with himself. Well, it's like fire. I mean, making babies is good in its rightful place. Um, And so like a fire inside of a fireplace is good it serves a purpose it serves the purpose of warming the house making s'mores whatever that looks like but if you take the fire and you place it into the a different room on the floor that's going to spread like wildfire and so at that point it it loses its purpose of what it is for so our body can bring glory to god in the context of a marriage bed that brings glory to God. That was his plan and purpose at the beginning of time. But if we go outside of his plan and purpose and we do these these things uh, that are good, but we do them in the wrong place, in the wrong way, then it becomes sin. Hmm. I also really, I appreciate that Paul was honest and he said, have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the spirit of holiness who lives in you? He's like, you, <laughs> he's like, you guys forgot. Like, but honestly, that's so real because there have been so many times where I'll just kind of forget or like even like in those weak moments where I feel vulnerable, it's easy to forget who you are in Christ and yeah. whose you are and that you live for higher things. And so we need to make ourselves remember and part of the reason of that is is because our tendencies is to act in our flesh think about when you get mad it's okay to get mad but then we you know take a a step and sin in our anger it's you know all these different things our flesh is what we are constantly fighting about and if you read the book of romans you see that fight of flesh versus spirit so yeah he's absolutely right it is the natural tendency of us, and you know, like you're saying, to um, to to walk in our flesh. That's why the Bible says to walk in the spirit, not in our flesh. So we, it is something we have to do. It's not something we just say, you know, what? I'm not going to do this, and then we work hard to to try not to do it. Like it's something that we consistently. It's a walk with God, making these decisions and running from the sin that can so easily, you know, entangle and ensnare us. And that's why it's so important that um, we are trained in scripture um, and that we're daily in the word of God so that we can train our mind to like when we're in those vulnerable situations and places, we can go, oh, wait, no, this is what God's word says. And I love Jesus and I want to honor him with my whole self. And so we can bounce back and uh, like on the word of God, like a trampoline and um, use it as our strength 
and it like how it says in Romans 12, 1 through 2, um, it says, So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God mm-hmm. because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Live holy, experiencing all that delights his heart. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So with that said, and looking at that Bible verse, how are some ways that we struggle with physical purity in today's society? I know we kind of touched base on a, a little bit of it with that first passage from scripture, but going a little bit more in depth, what do you think? Yeah, well, like that verse you just read, um, which is really good, um, it was saying that um, to let God transform us and make us new um, so that we can learn what God's will and plan is. But it starts with the mind, um, allowing him to change how we think about these things. And that's why we're, you know, talking about this, because, you know, sometimes we just we don't know what God thinks. Well, that comes from the word, but then also things like this, hearing these things. But it's important to start in the mind, let God transform our insides. And then I feel like these things are about to go over, will become decreased in our life and will start to take shape and change. But I feel like, you know, it's not, I want to make sure that it's clear, you know, Christianity isn't a book of do's and don'ts and like, okay, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to be good because it's not about our, it's not about how good we are. And it's not about, you know, trying to live holy. There's different groups of Christianity that are, that live that way. You know, like I'm going to be holy and grow my hair out and wear certain clothes and, and things like that. But their hearts are far from God because it starts in the heart. So God has to transform us. And then these things that we're about to mention, you'll start to find decreasing your life. So I definitely wanted to preface with that. But I would say some of the examples of, you know, sexual um, uh, impurities would be definitely, um, uh, I would say, like watching pornography and masturbation that may go with that. Um, And then, of course, premarital sex. Um, Those are the the main ones. And and we can even go deeper with that, like... um, you know, how not not even all the way to that point, but touching and inappropriate touching and things like that. Um, but but then beyond that, um, you know, unhealthy eating, um, not taking care of your body. Uh, we need these bodies, right? We need these bodies to live and be healthy and strong. And, you know, if we have some really bad habits of binging or e- eating disorders or um, just not really caring about that part of our life. That's that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, drinking, um, smoking, drugs, these are all harming our physical bodies. And so, you know, we have to just understand that these things are not helping the temple of God function and do the things that it that it needs to do, you know. I like that you said it's not helping us, but it's harming us. Like, mm-hmm. like I know, like, there are some people that I've encountered anyway who were asked the question do you think you'd ever drink and to my surprise like they were like maybe just a little drink like a little sip just to see what it's like Mm -hmm. and that kind of took me a little off guard because a few years ago when I had heard that uh, when I'd heard someone I knew 
um, say that, I was like, wait, people actually like think like that. Like, <laughs> Christians um, believe like that. <laughs> yeah, and so sometimes, I, especially as Christians, we like to um, ask how far is too far mm-hmm. and kind of put our toes in the water and, you know, get away with certain things that we may not think is, you know, the biggest thing. We might think a little of it, but yeah. God does not think little of any kind of sin at all. It's a big deal to God. And even just like, I mean, the obvious things that like pornography, self-harm, um, all those things, smoking, drugs, drinking, like those are like, those harm us. Like mentally, emotionally, they distance us from God. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not helping us in any way. So why would we want to do something that separates us from God and and, and hinders us from being healthy and not just being a healthy individual, but as Christians, a healthy disciple of Christ and um you know like what we just read in Romans 12 our bodies should be holy sacrifices and a sacrifice is something that you have to kill Mm -hmm. something that you have to bring even though it's hard and it's the best thing that you have and kill it for God and you know death in a figurative sense Mm -hmm of just dying to our flesh and what we want is really painful. And so we have to ask ourselves if we can count the cost. And honestly, that when we choose that path of dying to ourselves and laying our whole lives in surrender to God and denying what we want, Mm. that delights God. And even with the Bible verse that says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, like, just think of what that means. Like, think of what is acceptable in our society. Same mm-hmm. sex attraction. Like, that is not the way of God. And that may be difficult for some people to hear, but it's not about what we want. It's about giving honor to God. And even, like, lately, I've even just been, like, pondering, like, um, like relationships. Like, uh, like, romantic relationships. And just, like, asking God to prepare my heart for when he brings that person into my life and I was thinking of all the things that you know I stand for like I I don't stand for having sex before marriage like I want to wait and but I was even like going a step further and asking myself honestly would I compromise you know kissing and so I was I I literally self-evaluated and I said to myself I said God I don't think I'm in a place where I'm strong enough Mm -hmm. to deny that and so lord i don't if i'm not strong enough to do that then don't put me in a relationship right now because i want to get stronger because you know the way of the world is to indulge in your desires and the bible says to not satisfy the desires of the flesh and if kissing someone kissing your boyfriend or your girlfriend is satisfying the desires of the flesh wait until you're you know, getting married and at the ceremony, you know, with the rings on, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I was even thinking about that. And like, some people may think that that's so weird. Um, and honestly, like, people may think that you're crazy for thinking like that. But it's just little things like that, especially since as disciples of God, um, you're leading someone somewhere, mm-hmm. and they will see what you stand for what you're doing. Like, I work with kids and I know I wouldn't want them to see me acting in a way that I wouldn't want them to act. And so it's just like things like that 
that, um, you know, just really, you should really think about, like, you know. Yeah, I would, I, I think that's, um, I agree with, with, with that. And I would also say, I, kind of what you were saying is, um, our flesh is weak. And so there are certain things that we know that we're weak. Like, I can't bring Hershey kisses in the house. <laughs> like it's, It gets bad. It gets bad. <laughs> like, I know myself. Now, Hershey kisses to someone else may be okay. They can have a handful, a couple of them, a serving. Moderation. And be done because they, they know how to control it. But there might be certain things for you uh, that you know, you know, you don't have the self-control for. And with the kissing thing, um, the, some people may be able to do that and not take it further than it needs to yeah. go. So and that's they'll okay. have to, they can practice self-control. Yeah, but I would say that you have to be smart and you, wise and know what you can and cannot yeah. handle. You should understand your weaknesses and your strengths and even ask God about that. Yeah. Like, be honest with yourself. Be, yeah, most people aren't. And I'm not saying that, you know, we should just abstain for everything, you know, uh, just just in case. Now, some people may take that stance, like myself, you know, like I don't drink at all. Some people can have a glass of wine and be done with it and, good, you know, good for you. <laughs> I don't drink because um, I've just, I've seen, you know, uh, where alcohol can go. I believe that if you open a crack, the door gets wider and wider and wider until you've just, you know, got to these dark places. And that is, mm. you know, any door that you open with with any of those things, but, um, and that could again be just kissing. And I think, I think something to, to help with that though, is to set boundaries and, you know, not hide anything. If you have to hide something, you know, if you're, (laughs) yeah, like with the body, um, with say drinking or, you know, if you're not of age to do those things, you are, you are sinning because you're disobeying the laws. Now let's look beyond that. Um, you may be able to do that in your privacy of your home. Now, the Bible says drunkenness is a sin. So if you're drinking to get drunk, that is wrong. If you're eating and committing gluttony, that is a sin. Now, eating a brownie or whatever, these are not, eating Hershey Kiss is not, not a sin. But if you're going against the boundaries of what the Bible has said, that's where it becomes wrong. And, mm. you know, the Bible does talk a lot about, um, uh, sexual, you know, immorality and things like that. And so you have to under, you have to really read what the word is saying and choose to, you know, obey what he's saying, uh, to do, you know? And so, um, having accountability and, you know, different things like that will help with those boundaries. Um, so you're not, if, you know, if you're asking, well, how far is too far, then you, you've kind of made your decision of what you really want to do. And it would probably best to refrain at that point if you're saying those things. Uh, because a believer that loves God and wants to obey God and wants to live how Christ wants us to live, they're not asking those questions. Yeah. <laughs> they're, not, they're not asking, well, you know, if I touch, you know, do this, kiss, you know, all the, th- those are questions that people that want to sin or want to go see as far as they can go uh, will be asking. So, you know, don't entertain sin. Don't entertain those little things because those little things is what leads you down the path of destruction. The road is um, 
is na- the right road is narrow. It's easy. Not to... Not a lot of people can not make it. A, not down a lot of that people road. making it on that that uh, that road because it's hard. Because it's hard. Got to take up your cross. Yes, and you know all of these things that we mentioned. It's they're all selfish. It's all about me. Oh, I want to kiss because it feels good. I want to watch this because it feels. I want to eat yeah. this. I want to self-harm I want to drink it's all about me 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 so Christianity is not about me and so if it's all about Christ it's all about others these things are kind of it's going to disappear on their own honestly (laughs) (laughs) Proverbs talks a lot about um lady wisdom and lady folly and the differences between them um specifically Proverbs I believe it's four through nine um, those are great chapters to read, um, if, you know, just for recommendations. Um, but there's this really great, um, passage that I want to read. Um, this is Proverbs 5, 3 through 14. Um, so bear with us for a little bit. Remember this, the lips of a seductress seem sweet like honey and her smooth words are like music in your ears. But I promise you this in the end, all you'll be left with is a bitter conscience. For the sting of your sin will pierce your soul like a sword. She will ruin your life, drag you down to death, and lead you straight to hell. She has prevented many from considering the paths of life. Yes, she will take you with her where you don't want to go, sliding down a slippery road and not even realizing where the two of you will end up. Listen to me, young people, and don't forget this one thing I'm telling you. Run away from her as fast as you can. Don't even go near the door of her house unless you want to fall into her seduction. In disgrace, you will relinquish your honor to another and all your remaining years will be squandered, given over to the cruel one. Why would you let strangers take away your strength while the labors of your house go to someone else? For when you grow old, you will groan in anguish and shame as sexually transmitted diseases consume your body. And then finally, you'll admit that you were wrong and say, if only I had listened to wisdom's voice and not stubbornly demanded my own way because my heart hated to be told what to do. Why didn't I take seriously the warning of my wise counselors? Why was I so stupid to think that I could get away with it? Now I'm totally disgraced and my life is ruined. I'm paying the price for the people of the congregation are now my judges. <laughs> that is a lot to take in. And the Bible says that the word of God is like a double-edged sword. And we can see that clearly right here. I like that it said um, young people. Now, of course, this is for everyone. It's Don't get me wrong. Hormonally charged. Yeah. <laughs> that and did you know, this is just fun fact, that the brain, the human brain isn't fully formed until like 25. So, you know, Jeez. I'm oh not saying God. at 26 your brain's like fully, you know, I'm just saying that like, <laughs> There, we young people make a lot of choices because they just have I don't know the science of it, but um, um, so so it's interesting. But of course, this is for everyone. But when you're young, you're more likely to make these uh, you know these bad choices. But I love that it says um, take seriously the warning of wise counselors. First, you yeah. need wise counselors. If you don't have wise counselors in your life, whether it be a parent, a uh, small, small group leader, leader someone at church, yeah. Or even just a friend's parent who is, like, who you look up to and who is wise and healthy. Yeah, then you're on, you're probably on, most likely going to follow down a wrong path. Mm. That is 
first first off, people you need who a wife older than you. Yeah, that can say, "Hey, you know, mm, I don't know about that. I don't know about that person hanging out with you." you know, those sort yeah. of things. But then you also you have to listen to have to listen too. and not harden your heart and say, "I'm not listening. I can do what I want." Like, You're wrong. You're he wrong. loves me. I love him. <laughs> if, like if, if everyone around you is saying, "Hey, there's something off," I would listen. Yeah, or you or like it says, you're gonna pay the price. for that and you know there's another verse in proverbs i think 22 says like um you know the the wise or the prudent they see the danger and they hide themselves but the simple or the unwise they'll go on and and suffer for it but you know fearing god and doing uh those things there's there's honor there's life there's riches there's you know these amazing blessings ahead when you do the right things. Now, this isn't a salvation question. Like, oh, do the right things go to heaven. It's a life will be good for you. Mm-hmm. Life will be pretty, pretty decent in most certain areas. You know, if you do like it's saying, you know, be consumed by transmitted sexual transmitted diseases. Yeah, like literally, the Bible like <laughs> talks about this. Like, what? <laughs> I really do like though that it said, um, the seductress lady folly has prevented many from considering the paths of life which is jesus who says he is the way the truth and the life um and that she'll take you where you don't want to go sliding down a slippery road and not even realizing where the two of you will end up Mm -hmm. which it says leads you straight to hell and that's just like really a question to ask yourself what are you letting lead you and drive you like are you letting your sex drive drive your life or are you letting your pride drive your life, bitterness, emotions. Um, your emotions, your feelings? Because the Bible says that we can't trust our feelings. Yeah. You know? Our heart is wicked. Not It's not. Yeah. <laughs> our heart ain't good. What? <laughs> but like, just like ask yourself, like, where, where am I headed right now in life? If you look down the path you're taking, the choices you're making, where are you going? And, yeah. you know, like, be honest. And if your mind is set on sin or on fleshly things... It, the Bible says it's hostile to God. That means that it it's rebellious. It's rebelling against what God intends and wants. You're not just doing something. You're rebelling against God and his, his laws. Yeah. Proverbs also, actually in the same chapter, actually, the second part of that chapter, Proverbs 5, um, talks about um, sexual immorality mm-hmm. uh, more in depth. And honestly, I really love this chapter because it's just so complex. And this is the Passion Translation again, which is in its original Aramaic. It's beautiful. Um, But again, sexual immorality consists of premarital sex, kissing before marriage, inappropriate touching before marriage, masturbation, uh, pornography, all that stuff. Um, And... Proverbs five fifteen through 23 says, My son, share your love with your wife alone. Drink from her well of pleasure and from no other. Why would you have sex with a stranger or with anyone other than her? Reserve this, this pleasure for you and her alone and do not share it with another. Your sex life will be blessed as you take joy and pleasure in the wife of your youth. My son, why would you be exhilarated by an adulteress, by embracing a woman who is not yours? For God sees everything you do. And his eyes are wide open as he observes every single habit you have. Beware that your sins don't overtake you and that the scars of your own conscience don't become the ropes that tie you up. 
Those who choose wickedness die for lack of self-control, for their foolish ways lead them astray, carrying them away as hostages, kidnapped captives, robbed of destiny. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, let that sink in. What's funny, though, um, those who choose wickedness die for lack of self-control. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit, or... Which can only come by abiding and living with Jesus, as said in John 15. I found that... I'm more walking in my flesh, sinning, things like that, when I'm not connected to the vine, to God. Yeah. That's when those things... When you're not daily taking in the word of God and talking yeah. with Jesus. Yeah, and just let it, asking him, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, help me. That's The, the Holy Spirit is called the helper. And wise counselors. <laughs> and wise counselors. Well, yeah, God providing those wise counselors and just surrounding yourself with good community and things like that. But self-control is a fruit of the Spirit, fruit grows fruit isn't something that you can go i don't think i'll go be a fruit like you have to (laughs) it's something that grows um for being connected to the tree the vine which jesus said he's the vine where the you know the branches Mm. and so that fruit in our life will grow where it will become a kind of a natural part of our life now the walk of Christ is, is, is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So over the course of time, we become more self-controlled as we make these choices, as we choose the right things, as we choose God and, and obedience to him. Our um, self-control gets stronger and stronger. Um, it's like a muscle. You know, the more you lift, the stronger and bigger that muscle gets. So the more you um, activate the self-control, the stronger you're yeah. you're making yourself. So like, you know, when you say no to the Hershey Kisses or whatever, um, then you, it becomes a little stronger. And the next time, it's a little easier to say no. And then a little easier, easier the next time. And then before you know it, you're not even thinking about Hershey Kisses or whatever. <laughs> yeah. 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 through 7 says, Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God as we have taught you. You live this way already, and we encourage you to do so even more. For you remember what we taught you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. God's will is for you to be holy, so stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans, unbelievers, who do not know God and his ways. Never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this matter by violating his wife. For the Lord avenges all such sins, as we have solemnly warned you before. God has called us to live holy lives, not Mm -hmm. impure lives. I like that he said that when you activate the fruit, self-control, and you, you know, you can only get that by living in the word of God and living with Christ Jesus because... I think it's in the Psalms where David is like, how can a young person stay pure Mm -hmm. by living in the word of God and following it in all areas of your life? And so I like that it says when you can activate that self-control and, you know, like what you said, exercise it, you know, like when you're in a gym exercising your body, it doesn't feel good, but over time it will get easier. I mean, not always, like there will be times where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. But Um, if you continue to do it, like you'll get healthier like I know we've talked about this like we go to gym and then like say we don't go for a week or two and we go back and we're like ah the same weight that I was lifting two weeks ago is hard off all of a sudden yeah it's because we haven't been continuously activating it but if you continue to activate it that pain isn't as painful yeah and honestly talk like touching on you know that exercising and stuff let's talk for a minute about physical health like Mm -hmm. um 
unhealthy eating, not taking care of your body, drinking drugs, smoking, exercising, food. Vaping. Um, did you say sleeping? Vaping. Oh, vaping. Oh, <laughs> well, we were sleeping too because the, the Bible does talk about laziness. So, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so um, 1 Corinthians um, 1031 says, so whether you eat or you drink, what, basically whatever you do, uh, do all to the glory of God. And uh, I like that he said, you know, whatever you do. He he said the main things. We got to eat and drink, you know, like water to live. Those are the basics. Those are the basics. But then, you know what? Here, here whatever you do, just everything. Just everything. Everything you do. Work, life, the way you interact with others. Yeah. The way you speak to yourself, honestly. Yeah, how you treat yourself and others. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, our our bodies, we only have this one here. So, you know, if just like Jesus, he had to go to the Father, but he sent his Holy Spirit. If we go to the Father, we, we're, we're gone. You know, we're with God, and our body's not here anymore. So it's really important to take care of our bodies, you know. And I, I know that's kind of cliche, and I think, you know, sometimes we get to these points in our life where we have these emergencies, you know, heart attack or can't fit button the jeans, something like that. <laughs> you know, we're like, oh, I need to get healthy. I need, but we should always be taking care of our bodies just because we we need them to live we want to be healthy we want to be strong uh, we want to be a, a good example to those around us um so you know like Sayla said you know smoking tobacco um vaping any type of drug which you know of course if you're doing illegal drugs that's you're disobeying the law um alcohol ex and just like excessive like with food you know i believe you I don't think it's a sin to eat, you know, whatever. I think it's all got, it's all good, but I think it's when we get ex excessive with, with anything and any, even good things. If you are doing too much of something good, Hershey kisses. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, it, be it becomes not good. It's not good to overindulge in anything. Um, cause that thing can easily take God's place in your life. Yeah. Because then we are like, Oh, I are, well, one chemically, our bodies will crave, you know, those things and it activates different parts of your mind, uh, like pleasure and different, yeah. you know, and we chemicals. Can, we can turn to drugs and alcohol and smoking to satisfy us, but that's what the fruit of the spirit's for. That's what the right. Holy Spirit is for to satisfy and fill us. Yeah. And the Bible even says, don't be filled with alcohol don't be drunk on alcohol but be, be filled, filled with, with and holy drunk spirit. with the holy spirit yeah yeah and even in proverbs like if you read proverbs 31 everyone knows that about the woman but if you read a couple chapters before that it's actually the mom talking to the son and she said you're a leader son you know these these are things to look at, at for a wife down at the bottom but she's actually talking to him right before it's really great verse um that we don't really talk about because we normally focus on the the woman part but she says you're a leader don't it's not good for leaders to drink, you know, um, because you have to be sober-minded and self-controlled as a leader. And we're all leaders, you know, for uh, a Christian, we're now leaders to the to the dying world. Um, so, you know, we should definitely take care of our bodies, but we should definitely, um, you know, not overindulge in anything as well. But, you know, do things that are going to help you because, you know, when we're doing these things overindulging or, or doing things that's hurting our bodies, ingesting things that are not helping our bodies, um, it, they're, they're not helping our bodies. And so, you know, you could get, you know, cancer or you could become drunk or you could, 
you know, heart attack, just all these different things that are happening because we're not taking care of ourselves. And it's not advancing the kingdom of God on this earth. At the end of the day. It's like what you said, it's selfish and it's about me. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm not saying we're going to necessarily eat super duper perfect every day. Like we're going to eat, you know, things, but we have to just, we have to come to this point in our life where life is not about us, you know, it's about Christ and um, we're a steward of the life. If I let you borrow a car, you're going to take a little extra care of it because, you know, you want to get it back. And this doesn't belong to me. It belongs to them. I'm borrowing a, a shirt, you know, oh, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, eat spaghetti in the shirt. You're going to treat other people's things much more nicely than your own yeah. things. And this body is Christ. We're, he's being loaned to us so that we can present the gospel yeah. in different gift. parts of our life. And so we're borrowing it. So let's keep it healthy and strong as long as possible. Mm. I like how in Timothy 4.8, in the message uh, version, it says, Exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so. Making you fit both today and forever. You can count on this. I know. That's such a good verse. It's so funny. Well, because I I work out. I like to work out, and so I totally um, can identify with this. And you can parallel it to your spiritual life, too. Yeah, and... Yeah, so good. <laughs> like Paul says that training your body has value. It and if you're able to train your body, you'll be able to be better prepared and disciplined to train yourself in godliness. Because if you if you have self-control physically, then you can be like, oh, wait, like I can apply this in other ways, you yeah. know. Um, but in American society, it's easier than ever to eat unhealthy foods and not exercise and to fill our bodies with harmful substances. Oh. So it takes discipline and self-control to be healthy. A lot of people read this verse wrong. They go, you know, workouts um, are useful, but a disciplined life is, is more. And so mm-hmm. people focus on, oh, I, I, you know, I'm disciplined for, for God and all this stuff. And then they're like, so I don't need to work out because it said that this is more important. Mm-hmm. It says it's more important, but it also says that's useful. So it's also saying it has value. It has value. Yeah. Take care of yourself. And like you said, they parallel together because I know when I'm undisciplined in an area, it bleeds into other areas of my life. I get lazy here. I stop doing this. But when I'm like, say, training for like a race, I like to run and I'm disciplined. That also in, you know, bleeds into other areas. And uh, like you said, with your relationship with God, your discipline with your time with God and prayer life and things like that will mm. also bleed into your other parts of your life if you allow it to. Now, it's not automatically going to do that. You have to, you know, allow it to. Yeah. I love this passage in First Corinthians 9, um, 24 through 27. It says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run? And mom, you're a runner, of course. Um, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Mm-hmm. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. Yep. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone run, running aimlessly. I don't fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body, discipline my body, and make it my slave. Keep it under control, training it to do what it should, so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. And like what you were saying, Mom, is like, if we're a Christian, we are a leader. No matter who you are, what you've done, where you are in life, you are a leader to someone, to all those around you in your vicinity, in your world. 
and leaders the bible says are you know called to a higher standard you know Mm -hmm. and as christians we are called to a higher standard and you know if we are telling other people to live one way but then we're living a completely different way that's very hypocritical and so we need to make sure that we are daily like what we said earlier in the word training ourselves um and submitting to god so that we're not like this verse says disqualified for the prize yeah I love this. This is like one of my favorite verses. <laughs> um, and I can speak because like, um, I, like you said, I like to run. And when I sign up for a race, I get into like a training mode. Yeah. My oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> schedule changes where, you know, every, you know, I, I print out a, a little plan. I have it all laid out and I check it off as I do. It says, okay, do two miles. And then, you know, you add another mile and, and you have to do it in order to, to succeed in and I'm not one that's training to to necessarily win but I do want to finish and so um I've all I've also seen um at certain races like uh, the Disney races they're really fun so a lot of people like the idea of the Disney run but they're like oh yeah I'm gonna go I'm gonna go run it and then they don't train they just kind of like I'm I'm just gonna do it and they Hmm. they're just kind of like that verse is kind of beaten yeah um and so I've seen people with the Disney races, what happens is they have a time limit. You know, they have a certain amount of time you have to run it. And if you don't run it in that time, they have these balloon ladies at the very back of the of everyone. And they're walking. Oh. And they're walking at the pace that it, it ends. Yeah, they're scary. Because if you <laughs> see the balloon ladies, now they will sweep you. So if you get behind the balloon ladies and you can't make it, they will come and pick you up in a car and you will not get your medal. And yeah. so we it's don't, pretty scary. It is scary. And so you want to make sure that you train so that you can finish the race so you can get your prize. And if you don't, then you're just kind of aimlessly going, hoping, I hope this works. I hope I do good. I hope hope this Christianity thing works out. I hope I can live a, a good life. I hope things work out for me. You, that's running, th- that mentality is running aimlessly. Mm-hmm. You have to be disciplined in your relationship with the Lord and and then also in the things he's telling you and how to live and and think of it as as winning that prize of you know I want to do if I'm going to be a Christian you don't have to be but if you're going to be let's do this the right way you know and let's let's run let's run to win um let's let's train our bodies and let's do this thing you know to win the prize and not just run aimlessly through life hoping things work out yeah And I know the question for a lot of you who are listening is, you know, that sounds really easy and good when you say it, but how do I actually not give in to those things, you know? How do I actually live a lifestyle of abstinence, living set apart for God? How do I choose, you know, a good lifestyle? And um, I just want to read some encouraging Bible verses for you today if you're wondering that. Philippians 4, 11 through 13 says, Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Mm. And then Hebrews 12, 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that hinders and slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up, so easily entangles, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Mm, that's good. 
Mm. I love that. It's kind of like what Pastor Johnson was saying today, that our purpose in life is to glorify God and enjoy Him uh, forever. And so, you know, the if we if that's our purpose, then Philippians 4.11, that's how you get content, you know, where it's like, I may have nothing, I may have everything, I may have my favorite job, I may not have my favorite job, I may have a boyfriend, I may not, I may be married, I may not, I may be hungry and not eating the good stuff, you know, or I may be eating the good stuff, plenty or little, it doesn't matter. I am satisfied in God and my relationship with Him and um, I'm enjoying Him in my life forever. And that's how you get content is that you know that is your purpose in life and everything else will stem out of that. Mm. Um, There's a good book called The Naked Truth, which is really good. It's mainly geared toward young adults and um, just like this, you know, sexual immorality and things like that. And she explains everything so well. It's by Lakita Garth. And she said something that really um, was really good when I was reading her book. She says, um, our culture tells us that true success, like premarital sex, should come quick, fast, and in a hurry. The reality is that true success doesn't come in an instant. Mm-hmm. It comes with endurance. Abstinence is mastering the art of self-control, self-discipline, and delayed gratification. Mm-hmm. It's not just something you do or don't do. It is a lifestyle. So the the ones who are really successful in life are the ones who have learned to wait and master self-control. And what's hard about that is we live in a society that's instant everything. So we got microwaves. Those didn't always exist, guys. Like, mm-hmm. this is, like, within the past 30 years. Yeah. Um, and then also we have phones at our fingertips, whereas before, like, I, when I was growing up, we didn't have cell phones. Yeah. We had, you had to go home. You want someone to call you, wait by the phone, you know, patiently wait, hope they call you, those sort of things. And so now today, every we, we have the internet at our fingertips. If I want to know something, I can just Google it. <laughs> um, or if I, you know, want to talk to someone, I can text them, I can call them, I can whatever just instant, instant and then if they don't respond to you like asap you're like what's going on yeah, i see you ha- i see it says red right there where are you at you know but that's because we've tr- we've kind of trained ourselves to society is society, society. To, to, to expect things right now all oh, the waitress is taking a long time i'm mad you know i'm fast food what's taking so long we just uh, traffic <laughs> just we want things now and so it's kind of something you have to train yourself like i said earlier Telling yourself no, and that will make you stronger the more you do that. Even if you don't have to say no, like, you know, I do want a second portion, but I'm going to say no, you know. And then you do it, and you're like, I'm glad I didn't eat that second portion because um, I would have a tummy ache right now, you know. Mm. Um, also, I kind of want to just touch on the three components of the abstinent lifestyle that Lakita Garth um, mentioned she said abstinence is mastering the art of self-control self-discipline and delayed gratification it's a lifestyle um, just super quickly um, so self-control is um, not doing something you want to do when you want to do it so take eating for example self-control says I can eat just one in fact I can take it to the next level and not eat any at all if I don't want to just watch me so we need self-control for every area of our lives yeah, I agree with that. And then also um, self-discipline, which is basically doing something that you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. So, you know, 
for example, taking out the trash. You know, no one wants to take out the trash. Someone's got to do it, though. Um, and so it's just going to pile up unless someone does it. So that's when self-discipline kicks in. You don't want to take it out, but you know what? I'm going to do it because the reward is not having flies in the house. <laughs> yeah. And then that last one is delayed gratification, which is the consistent practice of both self-control and self-discipline because you realize that there is a future reward if you practice those skills on a regular basis. And delayed gratification realizes that the future reward is much greater than the thrill of instant gratification. So you have to look at, like, let's say with relationships, like, yeah, I want to, you know, mess around, have sex, whatever, but you have to look into the, the future of what is going to be greater. Oh, wh- you know, with one person, with my husband, not, ha- you know, these possible diseases and whatever, um, and just obedience to God, that that reward is better. And so you have to you have to take time to think about those things, you know? yeah. Um, As a challenge to those of you who are listening, I encourage you to read Galatians 5, specifically verses 19 through 23, um, which talks about um, the fruit of the Spirit. Um, But also in Galatians 5, they talk about the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of wickedness. So I highly encourage you guys to read that. Um, But as Christians, we're to exhibit self-control in every area of our life. Um, That means being a good steward of our body and maintaining self-control. Um, we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and that's something to thank God for. And so we should want to repay God back, even though we can't, um, and give him our lives and surrender Mm -hmm. um, under his lordship. And so we need, we should honor God in all aspects of our lives. So when we're good stewards of our bodies, that will be a testimony of Christ for others. It will not only bring glory to God, but it could be an example and an inspiration and to other people and bring them to salvation when they see how we take care of ourselves and how we treat other people and how we give God glory with our bodies. That's good. And I also like the two kinds of purity you mentioned at the beginning. Most of us have, you know, obviously made mistakes and things like that, but we can be the, God can still purify us. It's not too late. So even if you've messed up and done things that you shouldn't, God can take you right now and make you a new creation and wash it all away, wash those sins away and make you clean and fresh, give you new desires, new way of living, and you can move forward from that place. So no condemnation, you know, if if you've messed up, if you've eaten, you know, a ton of Hershey <laughs> kisses like me um, or messed around, you know, imp- impurity uh, in those different ways that we talked about start fresh it's a new it's a new day and god is making all things new yeah learn from your mistakes and allow god to control and guide your life and like what you just said like there's no condemnation in christ like don't live in the past anymore even if it happened you know last night or a few hours ago or whatever um know that you can move forward and that you can choose a new life today because Mm -hmm. Like the Bible verse we read in the beginning, all things are made new in Christ. So don't be discouraged or downcast, but take hope in the Lord. Yeah. And that may require some repentance too, you know, mm-hmm. of saying, you know, going before God and truly repenting, saying, you know what, that was wrong. I shouldn't have done that, God. Make I a have 180. sinned against you. Yeah, like a, a repentance in your heart. And then God will take that and bless it. But, you know, we have to kind of be serious about, you know, wanting that. Mm-hmm. So with that said, I want to kind of leave a challenge for you guys. What changes can you make today, right now, so that you can start on the path to physical purity? Mm -hmm. I want you to 
really self-evaluate and even get before God and ask him to search your heart and reveal things. It will not be pretty. Um, it will probably be messy, but it is worth it to grow closer to the Savior, Jesus Christ, and to get on the path of health and growth. So Psalm 84, 11 through 12 will be our closing verse. For the Lord God is our sun and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. O Lord of heaven's armies, what joy for those who trust in you. Sounds like a win-win. Lord, I thank you for this time, uh, for the wisdom that you've given us, for speaking to our hearts. And I just pray for the people that are listening that are going to go before you and say, Hey, God, how cleanse my heart. Where can I make changes? And I thank you that you're going to speak to them and reveal those things to them. And I just thank you, Father, for giving them new desires um, and just letting your Holy Spirit fill them with overflowing with who you are and just making them just like you, Lord. And I just thank you for your presence. I thank you for your love. I thank you for dying on the cross that we can be made new and that we can have relationship with you and that we can become more like you. And I just thank you for that. And I just thank you for um, making us uh, just like Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that wraps up today's episode. We have more things to talk about next time, and we will be posting a new episode the last Wednesday of every month. So tune in next time for part five of our conversation on purity. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can follow me on Instagram as Miss Sayla Shalom, and my mom is Kelly the Trainer. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe. We'll see you next time as we explore together Behind the Veil.